<laughs> oh, but we missed the part about Al talking about your perineum. Perineum. <laughs> Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. We're back, baby. Hey, I'm also here. <laughs> Fuck's sake. And this is Fools It Tools, a podcast for the expectant, expected, expectant, expectant. You can be expectant if you want. <laughs> End Holden. Uh, so, gentlemen, how are we? What's everyone up to? Al. I have been up and down the country being a white van man delivering gifts to those who pay for them <laughs> and commission them. <laughs> um, yes, I've, I've completed, finished, delivered, installed, and enjoyed uh, the massive table. So that was a, a whole weekend of fun. Um, I actually drove halfway down the country, stopped at, to America. This is not a big thing, but England, you drive the length of the country, it's a big thing. Um, <laughs> And got halfway, stopped tonight, got a fellow passenger to help me with the table, set up again in the morning, and got to the destination. And then it basically took like seven of us to get it out of the van because um, yeah. we had to position it in the garden. That meant taking it through the garden. So like past trees, along like cobbled paths, past fucking rocks and stuff like this. And it was just this endless trip into Narnia with this massive table and it was it was a, an exercise in logistics um and it was quite <laughs> funny but it was incredibly hot um and extremely stressful and everybody by the end of it had just like totally mashed up fingers um but we did it uh, and it's went into place the, the actual assembly was the easiest part even though up until that point it had never actually been assembled <laughs> so I never actually had the table. I, I didn't even know if it would work. I didn't. I had no concept of this table actually coming together. I was just assuming that everything I did up to that point was correct and all my <laughs> like measurements were right. Um, but yeah, it, it 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 settled in nicely. It was on a bit of a slope, so we had to do a bit of digging and, and get the footing right. Um, but it's absolute absolute beast. It's uh, immovable. Nice. Everyone loved it. Um, it looks then, so good. It's it's really really nice. I'm, I was kind of. Sad to see it go, really, but um, just sitting around it for for an evening, just yeah. having a few beers and, and and chatting in the sort of late summer sun. It was just really nice. It's obviously the purpose of the table was for that. Um, yeah. You know, it's not a showpiece. It's not um, something that sits in somebody's dining room that they never go in apart from once a year for Christmas. <laughs> you know, it's it's this thing that is always out there, always ready to be used. Um, it just needs. 14 people to sit around which as of <laughs> the day after i installed it is illegal in the uk so. <laughs> uh, yeah teams of six at a time please yeah go. but to be fair it's probably big enough that you could have two separate groups oh yeah you could be two meters apart and still have 14 people around it yeah <laughs> uh awesome um, uh, yeah the, the, the only the only thing i was a little bit gutted about was the finish because i, I went we went for matte instead of gloss and it just took the edge off sliding a beer down the whole length of the table. Uh, so I reckon with gloss, it would have been doable. But <laughs> with with matte, it just it was kind of like a half a halfway slide, which is still impressive. Yeah. Um, but it didn't have that really satisfying sort of oh, bowling, bowling yeah. alley. Sending yeah. one down the yeah. length of that table. It was super nice. I was even like waxing the bottom of the bottle as well to get extra purchase. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah. Gloss would have been a bit nicer. Awesome. 
You just um, have to so, make some very. He can commission some very specific uh, coasters that somehow they they work in the reverse. They don't go on the table and you put the beer on them. They go on the beer. <laughs> so, so the really grippy, the beer yes. side super grippy, and the bottom is just like a hundred coats of like wax. <laughs> yeah. I'm done with that. Amazing. Um, so yeah, when you're making another massive table, then never, never, ever again, <laughs> <laughs> unless I move to an actual fucking workshop. Yeah, uh, no, that's awesome. I, I mean, I I'm still massively impressed with uh, how well you did with that entire project. Um, both in terms of just being able to do something that big in such a small space, but also like how it turned out in the end is mm. fucking beautiful. It, so, is, it is really. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just hoping it kind of it holds up in terms of just being out, outdoors, you know, just yeah. 100% like rain and sunshine all year round. Yeah. Um, just going to have to wait and see basically how it holds up, what we need to do with the finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If the table's going to move at all, if it does, we start getting cracks and splits, and how do we how do we treat it and stuff like that? So it's kind of kind of an ongoing thing, you yeah. know. It's like, oh, can you build me a table? Yeah, of course I can build you a table. And then it's actually, oh no, can you build me like a a five year relationship, <laughs> or a ten year relationship? Of how, you know, it's a good job he's already yeah. my friend. It's, it's, that's that's yeah. not the point, but um, it actually became something much more than the initial brief, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Yeah, because now it's like, right, what's next? You know, is he going to ask me to? Build some chairs. What's the, what's going you know like that kind of thing? Yeah. Um. So it's more yeah. m- much more than meets the eye, I guess. Nice. So all in, how many hours do you reckon you had in the um in the project? I reckon a hundred hours. That's not too yeah. bad. I mean the the like the slabs themselves were relatively flat. There was no twists or cups or anything of bows. I wasn't taking any shape out yeah. of the slabs. I was literally just flattening them. Yeah. Um. The the bit that took the most work was the base because I designed all these options for the base. He just so happened to choose the most complicated one that had the most <laughs> joinery in it. So it was, and I, and I think, I think I said this the other week, but basically I'd, I worked out how many cuts it was per yeah. join per piece. And that was how, how much it would take to build the base. So yeah. it was just like straight up and down legs. It's just like cut the legs put them on the base <laughs> Job done. but because this was yeah. like angles and frames and a frames and trusses and supports yeah. and stuff um it was just there was like you know hundreds of cuts just just to get this thing made um and that's all yeah cuts but then fine-tuning taking them off trimming them making them fit pulling them off again yeah. so this is all like really really heavy stuff like you know yeah eight inch Oak beams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not exactly lightweight, is it? Um, so the, so the, the actual, the actual so, tabletop was the easiest part. Because there was one thing I was going to ask you, because I um, I might be building or making a... Essentially, I just need to flatten a big bit of wood soon. Right. Um, but you did the whole thing with uh, hand play, didn't you? No, uh, router. Ah, so you... I built a ah, router. So you, yeah, you built the router sled and yeah. then went over it with the plane afterwards. Yeah, yeah, because the 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 router bit, like the sled was so fucking bodged yeah, together. Yeah, like each pass of the router was like, you know, maybe a quarter of a mil off yeah. from the next pass. So I had all these yeah. like ridges. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I was in the no illusion that it was going to be smooth. No, by the time no. I finished flattening it, but I was literally just like flattening it. I wasn't finishing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. But then the hand plane was just like absolute piece of piss. The oak was a dream to to play. In. Yeah. Just because what, what, what size? I, I'm going to go into fucking woodworky stuff now. Yeah, yeah. But what size hand plane were you using? Because this is 
purely it's just a five. Just just Jack playing. Oh, okay. It would so have it been. Wasn't... It probably would have been wiser to go longer, but then you couldn't. You can't. You can't get down in any valleys if you go too yeah. long. So Jack yeah. playing's perfect for it. Like you could use a smoothing plane, which is like probably like a three or a four. Yeah. But then you're not left with a flat. It's weird. It's like, it's do you want yeah. flat or smooth? Pick one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of yeah. what I thought. Yeah. I could have done with it. I could have done with a longer plane for the actual jointing of the edges because that was yeah. a fucker. So doing that with the jack plane was a bit pointless because you try to get the, you, well, it's like it's like running it through a jointer. You try to get yeah, as yeah. long, the longer your jointer is, the, the better it is. But um, yeah. So that, yeah, the five probably wasn't the best for that. But yeah, jack, jack plane for the whole thing was. It was absolute pleasure, and like yeah. having the floor covered in shavings instead of dust as well <laughs> was just like nice. It's just like I'll just pick them up, you know, what I mean? and yeah. like sweep them up instead of like. And I'm talking inches of sawdust from the from the yeah. from the router. I can imagine. So how how many how often did you uh, stop and resharpen the um, like iron? Is it iron? Yeah. So yeah. I did. I did it. I only sharpened it once for the whole tabletop, and then I sharpened okay, it once. No. Yeah, but I kept hitting it on the strop. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Sort of all I meant. Yeah, yeah. So the like every I don't know, fifteen minutes, take it off and hit it on the strop. But when it came to doing okay. the um, the base, because it was all super gnarly, like aged oak. Yeah, I had to sharpen it again because it was just getting bound up. Yeah. All right. Mm. But then, but then I realized my fucking sorry, Brett. This tended wood talk. Um, it was only then that I realized that fucking I've got a little trend like uh, sharpening jig, yeah, which is just like a wheel with an angle and you tighten it, yeah, yeah. And I don't know why, I don't know if it's to adjust it or something, but the the wheel bit is held in with set screws, yeah. So I don't know if you maybe you turn one set screw one way and it, it maybe adjusts. I, I've no idea. I've never touched it, but it was only like, and I've had this thing for about three years. That I realized that one of the set screws just wasn't even attached. So the wheel is just completely <laughs> loose. So basically, every right. time I'm using this jig, it's fucking cooking things on an angle. Yeah. But all my tools are ground on a weird angle <laughs> because of this fucking jig. So the irony being that the jig is actually making my tools all wonky. Yeah. So the second time I had to, to sharpen it, I, I put it right and then I had to just ground off like half an inch of fucking. Fuck my you, iron bro. to get it straight again. And then I looked at all my chisels and they were all the same. I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> and all my chisels had to be ground back. So like I was I was tempted to even get out the um the actual like grinding wheel. Yeah. And really I really got a town on them, but I was like under, you know, eight hundred yeah. pounds of oak. So, so <laughs> I was like, what tools have I got that I can actually reach? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Cool, man. Um yeah, that sounds like a, a good uh a good way to spend them couple of weeks it was it was an absolute pleasure but it's done and i'm relaxed the the stressful bit was driving down in a van like yeah mm-hmm. am, am i gonna go over a big fucking bump and this thing's just gonna split in half Wait, yeah. like hey, i know we're just gonna end up spending the next <laughs> i guess this entire <laughs> podcast is gonna be dedicated to the table but i was i was most uh concerned is the wrong word but i really wanted to know what ended up happening with the van because yeah. you were having to do all of that was the different... most stressful bit. That was the most. Yeah, stressful but like, bit. what did you end up getting? Because you said even if you reserved one, you weren't a hundred percent sure. Yeah. Of so, being so I, one I had to like. To yeah. So I had to like bully them on the phone, telling me, "Is this the one I'm going to get?" And they were like, "Chances are, it's going to be the one you're going to get." And I was like, "Is it the one I'm going to get though?" It's like, most likely, yeah. We you know we don't have many of the other one. I was like, "Oh my god!" So it was down to the wire, and it was the last 
So, you know, I'm picking this thing up Friday after work and I'm driving down. And I was just like, well, if I get there and it's the wrong one, I'm fucked. This whole project is fucked. Yeah. Um, and so I get there and I'm like, I'm measuring it in the fucking car park. And the guy's like going Fuck in the back yeah. of the van and helping me measure just to make sure. So before I bring it back yeah. to my house to, to, to fill it up, luckily yeah. it fit, but like, fucking hell. There was a point where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get it, take it home and unbolt the bulkhead. Yeah. And just completely remove the bulkhead. So I'm just, I'm just literally sat in a bus with two yeah. seats and this table behind me. I was like, <laughs> that way I know it'll fit. And it, it, it could actually slide under the seats. <laughs> I, was like, Is it, I haven't got a choice. You've left me with no choice. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was legitimately like within a millimeter. By the time I got it in and yeah. jammed it in on the angle, it's like it was good because it meant that it wouldn't move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was such a tight fit that it just it literally was like supporting itself. Um, but it was yeah. I, you just don't need that sort of stress when. You're tasked with doing something. The yeah. bit you don't need to worry about is the fucking renting some van off someone. <laughs> yeah. I, to be fair, this is why I um, have no interest in, do, in doing uh, like uh, architectural blacksmithing, like yeah. doing gates and railings and shit like that, because then you have to go and fit them as well. And fuck that. I just, I, I just want to do stuff at the anvil. I don't want to have to go and fuck around with it on site as well. But so. if, you, if you look at stuff at like, um, Caro makes, for instance, yeah, like some of the ornate, amazing things that she makes, yeah. And then she's just got to put it in a van and hope that someone can get it to where she wants it to get to, and it not fucking explode, yeah. And the amount of time she's had to go and travel to other countries to fix problems that yeah. someone else has caused because of shipping, yeah. I mean, like, that, I'm a maker, not fucking, yeah. Truck that fucking here. massive Barbie that I helped to, uh, <laughs> like, <last laughs> yeah. like, I I can remember just like touching that and you put fucking dents in it i was like yeah, exactly. how the fuck are you gonna move this yeah just very carefully that thing yeah. was nuts um yes so brett what about right. you what have you been table talk. what yeah wait now it's me <laughs> i still had more questions um genuinely just remember this because this is something i, I want to talk about uh which is the the idea that like either you haven't done something before or all of these different steps and plugging in all the different uh, needs and wants and logistics mm. and all that stuff. And then in the end, when it actually works out and you go, Oh shit, I'm pretty fucking good at this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that feeling uh, is something that hit me yesterday as well. Nice. So I just want to talk about that. Um, so what have I been up to? Uh, as far as the cabin stuff goes, I am waiting on a call or an email from the technician. I may have told you guys that, uh, but yeah. I do not remember because it's been a couple of weeks. Um, the thing is, I actually ended up sending the guy, my assessment guy, an email just going, I don't really recall. I know you told me I needed a phone call or something, <laughs> but like, what is the actual next step? Like, I wrote a bunch of stuff down. And I was like, wait, what is the thing he said I, I actually need to start on? So he confirmed a couple of things with me. I, it is 100% on this technician to actually call me, but that's what starts the, like, I think I have to pay for a couple of permitting fees and, and generic bullshit. Uh, but that is the, that is the person who tells me uh, the actual requirements that I then pass on to say like the power company or the County and all those things. So it's the gatekeeper for yeah, the other right. shit. Um, 
as far as builds and works and things go, um, I have been in the forge a little bit more recently, uh, just because the weather's been a bit more manageable and I, you know, I really want to keep cruising on the, the ongoing fossil project. So that's what I've been up to for the last, I'd say week on and off. Um, never really doing a lot of sculptural stuff. I would say that the first uh, video that I put out with the tooth, mm. it was simple, but I'd never really done anything like that. So I was like, oh, you know, it came out okay. I'm pretty happy with how like the textures look, but mm. overall visual aesthetics felt a little lacking. And then also like, it doesn't really feel that secure because it's just kind of like daintily sat on top, whatever. Yeah. So this one is this Anamite which, you know, is the spirally Nautilus looking thing. And uh, there's 20 of them that I've seen at this guy's uh, storage facility. Is, so I know is it to go like to in a store, like on, on display in a store? So he, I guess I can give a little bit more information. Um, there's a little bit of privacy attached to it just because okay. it's, it's like his own personal collection. But he either gives them to clients like he's collected all of these things but over the last few years he's he's wanted to part with some of them um he has some that are very valuable that he may use to help fund some other projects because he doesn't really have the need for them and then he has droves and droves of smaller i would say more affordable uh if you were trying to get into collecting um but his thing is that, um, like, he contacted me specifically because a lot of these mounts and a lot of uh, the pre-made or prefab stuff is just so generic. And it yeah. really doesn't play with the piece, right? It's just, it, it, they all look like plate holders that your your parents <laughs> or your grand yeah. would have, you know, just above the kitchen. This is my ornate plate. And it's just sat in this little tripod. And that's yeah. it. So... There's a there's a balance between like you want the the piece that is being displayed to hold most of the attention. You don't really want to have this crazy ornate and uh, you know gilded nonsense going on around it because it takes away from the piece. So how do you figure out a nice middle ground in there where like your uh, this guy um, John his big thing is I, I want these pieces to be respected. So I want even the display to be part of, of like showing the, the fossil respect, this beautiful old thing. Uh, so yeah, for the last like week, it's been a creative challenge, which I, I super appreciate, right? All of my background being in drawing and more traditional art, uh, and then feeding into this love of blacksmithing and stuff that I've got. I spent some time on the phone with Chris. I've obviously been watching a lot of Max Randolph and how he's been doing uh, his giant sculptures and uh, and a lot of his pieces, even from a couple of years ago, like the Hobbit door and the signage that he did outside of the, the alchemy lab thing, whatever. Um, it's just watching these different techniques and how these people are constructing very organic flowing lines with very rigid material so steve i sent you a couple of photos just throughout the week and having talked to chris about a few things i was uh battling back and forth between this whole uh 
how does how do you create a holder for a piece so it's it's structurally sound but also you need to be able to remove the piece if you're ever going to move it you don't lift the whole display right you like take the the fossil out and then the mount yeah and i was trying to do very typical me which is uh, I'll figure out a lock and pin mechanism and it'll do this. <laughs> and you do one, you wouldn't be able to get to it after you locked everything together. Like you can't put the fossil in there and then put the little lock in there because there's no space to do it. Yeah. And even if you could, it would look like shit because there'd be this very mechanical pin and wedge set up amidst this organic flowing thing. So the pictures I sent you were post a talk with Chris who just said, <laughs> fucking weld it together yeah there will be some natural springiness and then you can kind of because i created this on almost like a half moon yeah it opens up and you can kind of squish it tighter without the piece in there and then you kind of wedge it in i don't know it all worked out and i actually really like how it turned out because this was a concept in my mind that i said this is what i want to try to achieve but i'd never done something quite like this before and now looking at it, it's basically finished and going, holy shit, that's pretty much exactly what <laughs> nice. I had in my head. Yeah, I'm very happy with that feeling, especially knowing that I worked with some of the, uh, some like pretty large material and these different components that I would forge a piece of it and then forge the other piece and then I welded it and then I took it back to the heat and all this stuff. So uh, Steve, like you're talking about the fitting or, or mm. architectural blacksmithing. I completely understand that. And I know this is kind of the first example of probably many to come, but this back and forth between the workshop and the maker ranch, because I would go and forge and I'd have to come back over here for welding. And I had to get back to the forge because I had to do some, I needed some more heat and I don't have an oxyacetylene torch over here. So it's like this back and forth of just going, God damn it. I just want to be able to (laughs) fit everything on place and do it on the anvil. Um, I am very happy with, how it turned out i should be able to finish the video uh and have it ready by next weekend um but yeah the to me al's al's story kind of got to me with the whole uh like i had this plan spent 30 hours probably back and forth you know between forging and whatnot this heavy base piece which was the only thing i had available that was a circle. I wish it would have been smaller and thinner. <laughs> Pizza. Yeah, but it was it's 25 pounds for the base, which is horrible overkill. Like you do not need that much. But I kind of loved it because I almost didn't have a set of tongs big enough to lift it. Like to mm. actually grab it and then physically lift it. I bent yeah. two sets two sets of tongs. I bent them. <laughs> um and then just you know seeing if my forge could even handle that. Like it's as big as the pot. The piece yeah. was as big as the pot in the middle of the thing. I was like, oh my God, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to do this. So it was a lot of trial and error throughout the entire process. But like I'm saying, I had an idea in mind and I feel like I achieved the idea, which is just proof that I'm getting better or or that the things that I'm even being inspired by, right? Like I, I say, Chris's sculpture work and Max's sculptural work. I don't just look at those things and go, Oh, I'm very inspired to try that. It's like, I want to know the process. I care more about how you achieve that thing than whatever the final piece was. 
because yeah. I need to know how to make steel look like that. Yeah. And it's, it's good to know that I'm able to translate. I like, we may have mentioned it in previous episodes, but I feel like I'm really good at learning. And I feel like that's actually a skill that's pretty uh, often overlooked. Like how good are you at actually learning the process? Yeah. Some of that has to do with the teacher, but you also have to be receptive. And I think there's a bit of proof, proof in the doing where it's like, holy shit, I, I learned a few things and that looks pretty darn cool. I, th- I think that's a really good point. And, and to Steve's earlier question, you know, how long did it take you to make the table? Like, yeah, it took me this long to make the table, but I also took probably just as long learning about how to make a table <laughs> yeah. and, and researching and, you know, kind of running through things I've done in my head in the past that will be relevant. Mm-hmm. So like digging back through the vault in my head and going like, oh, I remember that time we did this. Remember that time we did that? Oh, I need to make those things out of metal. So it's a bit like that time we did, you know, it, it's a, a, probably another hundred hours spent thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Whether and- in my spare time, whether lying in bed, whether, you know, like doing something else and not concentrating. There you it, go. That, that, that learning of how to make a table. So now yeah. when I make another one, it will take me 50 hours. Exactly. And it, same thing. I I used Caleb's guillotine, guillotine, as Steve says. Um, I used that for a couple of parts. I still haven't really used it a lot. I'm, I'm still becoming aware of how that tool works. And I even had a conversation mm-hmm. with Mike the other day where it was like, uh, sometimes you realize there's inefficiencies just because my brain goes to what I know how to do or or maybe a slower process of how to achieve that that aspect of a build. Yeah. And then once you learn how a tool works, it becomes second nature to go, I need that thing. Boom, I have the exact tool for it. Yeah. Like I use the the belt grinder tons because I got totally spoiled using them in Jimmy's shop and realizing how utilizable they are or how much of a utility tool they are. Mm. Mike and Ben are super comfortable with an angle grinder and doing all these things. But I I've had conversations of like, you should try using it. I think you'll yeah. find a lot of use coming out of it. But because there's not like, that's the first tool they jump to. You realize there's some inefficiencies just because you, you have no experience or you maybe lack a little bit of comfort yeah. with exploring a new tool. So between the guillotine, um, Chris attempted to, well, he did. I attempted it. He suggested me doing a texturing situation on the base, which I love how the base looks. Mm-hmm. It did not get the texture that I wanted because I legitimately don't have enough arm to lift like a 50 pound <laughs> hammer to smash this texture in. Like I, I needed way more strength and, and reliability on a swing i mean i knocked a 25 pound plate off of my anvil like three or four times <laughs> and the first thing that went through my mind is like oh no i'm gonna explode the concrete <laughs> so even even moments like that of not like, i knew what i wanted to do i'm gonna give it a try okay well that didn't quite work i think i know why it didn't work but it doesn't matter like let's move along it's still just uh exploring these uh, creative ideas and even if i don't achieve the goal of of that very specific aspect i've learned something along the way i still like how it turned out and as overall visual aesthetics and finished piece goes that's what i was looking for 
Yeah, yeah. it would have been great if I had some embellishment on there. Like a couple little things could have worked a little bit better. But goddamn, next time I do something like this, it's going to be half the time. Like I, I know looking at it now and going, oh, I could have done that. Or Steve, you might see it in the video. I'll have to see how much of this stuff I like show off. But uh, I, you know, I did a taper, like two-sided taper, like a football shape, right? Uh, American football shape. And yeah. there you go. Yeah. And I, it, I was like, okay, it's like a seaweed or like a leaf or this organic thing. And yeah. I curled the end over like you do when you do a basic leaf, right? Hmm. By the end of it, I undid the curl. I was like, that's not what seaweed looks like. That's stupid. But it was an <laughs> assumption. You know, I was like, that's how you make a leaf. No, it's not. Uh, but also, I socketed. So, like, I went into a taper and then I left this bunch of flare out and I socketed it. And I was nice. really proud because I was like, hey, I did it. Like, it is an actual tube and it wasn't mushed. It was very circular. I was very happy with it. There you go. I cut it off. I was like, why did you ever do that? It's because I was thinking I was going to use this socket and then put like a solid bar in it. And then oh, that was yeah, where yeah. the pin was going to go, all this stuff. And then when Chris goes, just weld it, I cut it off. <laughs> I was like, I probably spent an hour doing that part. Yeah. Well, I don't have to think about that in the future. So, yeah, long, long winded way of just saying, I feel like I learned a ton, but unlike past projects where it's like, I probably learned more than I achieved my goal. You know, I was aiming for this thing. It's good that I learned enough along the way, but it's not really how I liked it at the end. Yeah. This is kind of the reverse of that where I did learn, but I really feel like I achieved the the visual goal that was in my head. So Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, there hasn't been a whole lot going on aside from just uh, bits and bobs. I'm I'm trying to work with Sam Ritt on some casting ideas nice. i got a crucible we're gonna see if the coal forge will work as a as a smelting heat source um i've been in the discord uh the fools of tools discord chat talking to a few of the cnc guys because i really want to make my coins hmm. i really wanted to do that but there's uh there's a lot of help coming in from the people that know more about <laughs> 3d printing and cncing and stuff like that so that's been super beneficial to just hear their ideas and share on some things. I believe Maker on the Move is going to try and help me uh, with some 3D printing or seeing if nice. we can even achieve what making a master out of a 3D print could be. Yeah, We'll see. Um, there's, there's a lot of like little things going on behind the scenes that I'm just trying to keep busy with because I want to yeah. see if I can do them. But obviously needing to maintain focus. I'm like, hey, we got to like do real work and you know try and get projects and, and make money and pay the yeah. bills and whatnot so it's been good i feel like i've been very busy with uh really just the the sculpture display yeah being the focus nice yeah cool Are we already uh, yeah. like 30 minutes into this recording <laughs> i want to yeah. please, <laughs> um yeah no I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh how the um like what the finished article looks like with that uh, so. yeah thing because uh, i do I've, get to use the i do get to use ben's little uh automatic rotating spinny thing i totally <laughs> doing that for the end of it because i was like nice. i want to actually be able to show this dimensionally yeah i'm not going to take it over to the forge i'm going to put it on the little rotating base yeah nice yeah. cool man uh yeah i'm looking forward to that uh Thank you. well i this uh last weekend would have been the good life festival 
um, oh, which is, God. yeah, which is the big festival that we do. Um, it's a little bit longer than most of them. We tend to treat it as a bit more of a jolly, you know, we go up and we have fun. It's, we, that's one that we do as much for us as for the business sort of thing, because it's, it's good fun. Um, but obviously it's not on this year. It's been postponed till next year. Um, but because Jazz had already booked the time off for it, uh, she had this like week period where she was um, not working and they, because of the rules around her job, she couldn't like cancel that booking. Um, so we decided that we'd take that week um, and we'd have a week off together and then redecorate the bedroom and redo the windows and all the sealant around all that. So we ended up basically working festival hours at home, sleeping on the floor in the living room. And just, I was going to say, re- how do you recreate the sleeping arrangement? Ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, completely recreating the uh, the festival feel. Um, and hit a couple of snags whilst doing it and ended up a little bit behind schedule, um, but then ended up staying up till like one in the morning painting to kind of catch ourselves up. Um, unfortunately, it did mean that I just didn't have time to be able to do the podcast last, last week. So that's why there wasn't one last week. Sorry, guys. Totally my fault. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was it was good. Um, I mean, I am constantly amazed at how fucking hard Jazz can work when she puts her mind to it. Like, she's insane um, to the point where I had to be like, right, you you need to stop and go and sit down now just stop um but uh but yeah no it, it was good um got to dick around on some scaffolding which is always good fun um <laughs> that one of it just like leaning ridiculous. yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah no, it, it was good um it was good to get it done it looks fucking amazing now i'm super happy with how it came out um but whilst i was off so i'm already off doing long hours getting the house sorted um but it's stuff that it, it was kind of like an accumulation of stuff that like the windows we we'd planned to start doing them back early in the summer but it just didn't work out and um and all of this so that's why it kind of ended up being way more than we should have done um i'm sorry way more than we planned to do um but uh but whilst I was off, um, the the pans that we make got featured on uh, Sorted Foods Kitchen Gadgets yeah. thing, um, which Al phoned me in kind of a panic because I do all the pan assembly and we'd already were out of stock of all the skillets. <laughs> and, and he rang me and was like, um, so this channel's featured our stuff. I kind of forgot that it was happening. And the video's already at 70k views and it's only been up for like an hour and a half. Uh, my phone has not stopped ringing with people asking when the pans are, uh, when the skillets are coming back into stock. Um, so I, I basically ended up saying to him, well, just put a load in stock and we'll make them over the weekend. Um, so he did that. And then three hours later, he had to do that again because he'd sold out of the ones that we didn't have. Um, it's a nice problem to have. Oh, I know, fuck yeah. that was I was hoping for that when I when I saw the video because I, I I think I spiffed sort of like two years ago. Yeah. And I I don't watch every single one of the videos, but I am constantly uh surprised when they do the like uh they they get 
tons of views on their kitchen gadgets because they do yeah. like the really cheap gimmicky ones. Yeah. But I don't recall the last time I saw them do a high end one. And when the pan showed up and it said Alex pull at the bottom, I was like, yeah. Oh my God, my worlds <laughs> are colliding. And also I hope they're ready for the amount of pans that are going to be yeah. ordered. So I was, yeah. I was super excited. I mean, it, it was one that, uh, we we'd been talking to him uh, earlier in the year, and we knew that it was going to be coming up. Um, we had looked at doing uh, some some other stuff with him, but it, it just didn't really work for us. Um, but yeah, so that that came out, and let's say we we sold a shitload of pans. Um, but that meant that then everything that Alan Joe was supposed to be doing last week ended up getting pushed back, so that they could just batch out a shitload of pans and it just meant that Al was having to actually um assemble all the pans because it's only me and him that that do the assembly um so that was uh good but at the same time shit um and I'm kind of like doing all the the housework whilst also on the phone to Al being like right well try doing this don't forget we need to order more pan bases because we've got like 40 uh 40 cooked up and that's it like then we're out of pans and it's a three-week turnaround sort of thing um and we had some on order but that was for like that was basically supposed to last us until the end of the year i was like no we need to get more because we're gonna have the christmas rush and it's gonna be yeah. um so yeah dealing with a load of that sort of side of it um and it meant that when i ended up going back into work on uh what day was it thursday um i was talking to the guys and because of that we were behind on everything else so i ended up working saturday as well just to um try and get us back up to um or like try and catch up sort of thing um and uh yeah that was good fun because that was just doing planishing on the stainless steel plates that we do um which is basically heat them up hit them a lot uh and then repeat um and it's really fucking tiring. And considering I I hadn't stopped for two weeks at this point, I uh, I was fucked by the end of it. Um, and ended up uh, this morning waking up with a massive migraine because my body just went, "Ah, oh, you're relaxing now. Here, have a load of pain." Uh, so that that was great. And then had a nap. And I haven't had a nap in oh, fucking years. Fucking love a nap. Yeah, Good see, man. I I can't normally do a nap, but. I led on the sofa just because I was like, I can't stand up without feeling like I'm going to throw up. So I'm just going <laughs> to just going to lay down here, close my eyes for five minutes, and then fell asleep for a, like an hour and a half and woke up and felt shitload better. Um, whereas normally I wake up from a nap feeling like shit. Um, but yeah, so that was it was good. But uh, what was I going to say? Friday. Um, so Friday, because Joe had been working his ass off all week, he finished early. Uh, so um charlie the young lad that works with us um the arrangement is that he does like a um a, a few hours working for us and then he gets a little bit of playtime at the end to kind of practice okay. his skills and all that um because you know he doesn't he doesn't get paid for the work that he does but he gets the experience instead um that might be changing soon but it's it's the kind of arrangement we've got at the moment um and we were like because he'd finished up he was like oh i finished all the um polishing the skewers and everything so you know what's next and i said well it's nearly uh time for you to finish up so joe's gone on so just do whatever you want to do make like light the forge up make whatever you want to make have some have some anvil time sort of thing and um 
and I can't even remember what he originally said he was going to start working on, but he uh, he decided he was going to do something. And then we got chatting and we started talking about um, leaves because I've got to make some brackets for a shelf that's going to go up in the bedroom. Um, and I was going to make them similar to one that I made a few years back that's got like this nice vine and leaf detailing on it. Um, and he was going on about the fact that every time he tries to make leaves, they always turn out shit. And I was like, right, well, let's go through what you're doing and just kind of we talked through the process, talked through how he does them. Um, and I was like, if you do it like this, then this can go wrong. If you do it like that, that can go wrong. And you know, if you're getting them where this is happening, it's because you're doing this. And um, and then I realized that it's been like 18 months at least since I last made made a leaf. And other than Saturday, it's been almost six weeks since I last did any forging because the vast majority of my role in the uh, workshop at the moment is um, pan assembly, doing the copper, doing the copper work and um, some of the admin sort of behind the scenes stuff as well. And the actual amount of time that I spent on the anvil has dramatically decreased. Um, so I was like, actually, fuck it. You know what? I'm, I'm going to jump in for, I'm going to finish up these couple of pans and then I'm going to jump in and and forge a couple myself um, just because, A, I, I haven't hit steel in a while and I want to because it's fun. Uh, and also I just want to kind of help him or help show him how to do it all. Um, so I did one and instantly fucked up and was like, so that thing that I was saying to not do, here's an example of why you shouldn't do it. Uh, and then managed to do a completely different fuck up on the next leaf was like, ah, and this is another example of what you shouldn't do. Um, but I think a lot of that for me was just the fact that I, because my role in the business has changed, I'm just, I'm out of practice um, with uh, forging stuff. So it's, it always takes me like half an hour to get back into the swing of things and to, um, to kind of get my eye back in for what I'm doing and also to remember, oh shit, yeah, I've got to make sure I do this and I've got to make sure I do that. But it was really nice because it was, um because it was it was a much more informal and a much more impromptu kind of lesson but it was it was going back to remembering why i enjoy teaching and what what it is about teaching that um that is fun for me um and especially with someone like charlie who a he's very talented he's gonna be a fantastic smith when he's older um but also he's super keen to learn so he's if you say something to him he's not standing there with a vacant expression on his face he's genuinely taking it all in he's he's working it out in his head he's he's understanding what you're saying um and uh and you know i was saying what you know because if you want to make more knives or if you want to make arrowheads or if you want to do this then like leaves are really good because they show you this technique and that technique and we talked about like different ways that you can um you can put the markings on them so you know you can either have it with a straight hammered finish where the hammer marks themselves or the veins and the the lines in the leaf and you can create a ridge in the middle or you can go in with a, a fuller and do like a really um stylized leaf or you can go in with a finer chisel and do these really nice um like really real looking leaves look something like uh, john d harvey did um at the weekend like there's there's so many different options available to you and each um each technique gives a different result and the fact that there's no there's no one right way to do a leaf and you can take 
techniques from one kind of leaf and apply it to another and get this weird different result and it was it was just really fun for me to go back to that kind of experimenting thing because whilst you were talking brett about um the uh the uh sculpture that you were doing earlier on the the holder thing um i was playing with this which is a thing that i made like a pointy pokey thing that i made uh eight months ago something like that um it's just kind of like I was making a couple of scribes and this one I just started experimenting with and it was just experimenting with textures and techniques and styles and like, oh, I can make a cup in the end by just actually pushing the steel over so I'm not fullering into it. I'm just cupping it rather than um, like punching it or anything like that and, you know, doing these reverse tapers and stuff like that. And it's not at all what I ended up, uh, what I initially set out to do, but I kind of went in with a very vague idea in my head of what I wanted to do. And mm. it was more about experimenting and getting to play. And that's something that I am not getting to do much of at the moment because we're, basically because we're so busy, it's very much a case of, right, we need to make X number of pans. So, you know, uh, Jimmy's doing the the handle, Joe's doing the um, the other handles i'm doing i'm doing the assembly charlie's cleaning them and you know everyone's got their own job so we're we're very kind of um not stuck in what we're doing but you know the, these things need to get done in this order and you're the best at doing this so you're going to do that you're the best at doing this so you're going to do that sort of thing and it's just a case of of bashing out project uh product so it's very much um full-on production mode mm-hmm. um and that's one of the things that we uh we talked about we had a a team meeting the other day and one of the things we talked about is the fact that at least once a month we want to do like a um uh like a play day sort of thing so like on the on the last friday of the month we all turn up at the forge there is no um schedule there's no right you've got to make this you've got to make that it's just let's have some fun let's forge some shit and see what happens i mean mm-hmm. I, i'm very lucky with al in the fact that he's quite happy to say um yeah anytime that we want to use the workshop yep go in and, and use it as long as we're not making shit loads of noise and upsetting the neighbors he's happy for us to do it um but there's you know the, at the weekends we've all got shit that we want to do we don't necessarily want to be um in the workshop again um we'd rather be in our own workshop or we'd rather be spending time with loved ones and so on and so forth. Um, and also like there's, there's a few things that I want to make that I need a striker for, or I need Joe or Al to be there to, to ask for advice and things like that. Um, so I think that's going to be a really, really, uh, interesting and fun few days because it gets, it gets me back to, being a blacksmith to doing what I love like that. Cause at the moment it very much doesn't feel like I'm doing blacksmithing. I'm doing pan assembly or copper texturizing. Like it's, it's, it's great. And I'm, I'm already noticed like those skills that I'm practicing and learning are applicable to other things. But at the same time, you know, I, I want to get steel hot and bash it around and create fun things. Um, mm-hmm. and doing that in a production workshop is always going to be difficult because you're always going to be making like, okay, well, we've got X number of products that we make. Therefore you're only going to ever get to make X number of things. 
Um, and yes, we do get to play around when we're making new products and we're um, designing new stuff and coming up with different ideas and when we do commissions. But for the vast majority of the time, it is just these few simple things that we make. Um, so I think this kind of once a month play day thing is going to be good for everyone because even Al doesn't get to forge for fun anymore. Like it's all very much business orientated. Um, so yeah, the, but I it's, first... but it's, it's, it's getting a a business like you say it all sounds very production line and yeah like you know this much time spent making this because we need to produce this you know it sounds like it's industrial yeah but to then see the value in spending time once a week where you can learn new skills or hone your skills yeah you know what I mean all that repetition yeah it might make you better at that specific task but it, there's no there's no parallel thought there's no Thinking outside the box, there's no. Oh, what if we could oh, exactly. try doing this? Oh, Charlie uh, was grinding this in a weird way, but he actually saved yeah. a lot of time. Or the steel wasn't getting yeah. quite as hot, so we decided to do it this way instead. Yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing is like when when so you, you call it play happened, day, but it, it's it's not. It's 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 grow yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, and grow and that's day. kind of how we sold it to Al, and he was 100 percent behind it. He was like, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's brilliant because it means that we can do, we can play around with things. We can learn new techniques and try things out and go, actually this, this works so much better. I mean, that's why we do the, the textured um, copper ladles now because uh, the, sorry, the textured copper spatulas now because it was just a case of us playing around and going, actually, let's look at this from a different perspective. Actually, that works really well. Let's do that. Um, and at the beginning of lockdown, like a lot of what we sell now is because we spent the first part of lockdown just kind of there wasn't as much pressure to make product and yeah. so we fucked around a lot more and made more I, I don't want to say fun stuff but we had more fun and experiment yeah. yeah yeah um and that resulted in a load of really really good stuff coming out of it um and al even said himself because i i thought um a couple weeks ago uh regarding like how we do things how we can improve doing these um uh play days and things like that um and the response i got back was um good thoughts we'll read it properly later and <laughs> then i was like okay so he's well, just going to kind of ignore it sort yeah. of thing um but then ended up speaking to him uh on like the monday and he'd said that actually he'd been having a similar sort of thought. He'd spoken to a load of people recently and come to the like realization that he'd become very, very focused on um, just making more and more stock and not how we're selling it and what we're producing and, and all of that. Um, and I think he kind of came to the conclusion, like the same sort of conclusion, but that email just kind of helped nudge him in that direction a bit. Um mm -hmm. And yeah, I think, like you say, that that kind of playing around a little bit more is is going to be a big part of how the business kind of progresses. Because um, I, I think I, I th I'm pretty sure he put up a post of the steak press that we've been mucking around with, um, which Al, obviously you you suggested making one months ago, <laughs> um, and uh, and that was one that again another chef had said, oh you could try doing something like this um and having the time to make that and we we're, we're thinking more and more we've 
um, I don't know if you saw the picture of the mortar and pestle that we've done as well. And that's been something that we've been toying around with for ages. And we've kind of realized that actually, if we do limited run products like that, where we only make a handful, like we do the knife of the month stuff, it, it can be a product that we can put our creativity into and experiment and have some fun with. Um, and that then becomes a limited run product that we're not looking at being really efficient with it and, you know, cutting costs as much yeah. as we can to mean that we can sell it to as many people as possible. It's just, you know, we're making 10 of these. They're beautiful, functional things. If you want them, they're expensive, but there's only ever going to be a few of them. And it's got all of our creativity kind of imbued into it but that also, that also then becomes like the the appeal like if, if you yeah. if you have something pop up on the the forge website that's like only five and not yeah. in a like nintendo Wii way like we haven't got any left <laughs> but like in a legitimate way yeah. um suddenly it's way more appealing it's like oh that, that's them playing around that's something a little bit unexpected yeah um, and that that's kind of i think that's where we're kind of going with the business in in the sense that it's um so you know we've got the pans. Yes, they're expensive, but they they are obtainable. They're something that you can save some money up, and you, you can afford one. Um, whereas you know the the uh, mortar and pestle that's probably going to be four hundred quid plus by the time it's um, all the costs are in. That's not the sort of thing that everyone can avoid. Uh, everyone can afford, but it it helps elevate the brand as well. Um, and we've been talking a lot about the the branding and the way that the forge is is branded, um, and with everything we've got happening over the next six to twelve months, like it's that side of things is is becoming more and more important. Um, and I think having those limited run products, it means that we can we can still do the bread and butter stuff that anyone can afford and anyone can buy into the brand. But it also means that actually those those things that kind of elevate it up a little bit where they are a bit more expensive, a bit more unique, a bit more of us just kind of playing around and being experimental. Um, that's what's going to set us apart. So we're not just a production company. We're not just making well, the that, same. That, that's otherwise people just go and buy a T-file fucking nonstick. Pack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the whole point, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Make enough of them that it's economically viable and they're affordable, but don't make <laughs> don't make too many that it's you just your factory. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's been my week. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, well, here we are, an hour <laughs> in. at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See what happens when you miss a fucking week. I know. Fucking <laughs> hell. Uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about before you go into spiffing? Because. Uh... <laughs> It's, it's, I can't believe how fucking long that's been. Uh, no? No? Okay. Well, in that case, I'm going to take your silence as uh, spiffing. Have we got an order? Yeah, it's bizarre. Because that's bizarre. Bizarre. How bizarre, how bizarre. Uh, Brett, that means you're first. That means I'm first. Uh, I'm going full non, non-makery non this week. Uh, it was a YouTube suggestion, I think, over the weekend, last weekend. Uh, and I've since watched quite a few of this very young gentleman's videos. He's doing super well 
has over a million subscribers, but he's uh, his channel is Scott the Woz, W O Z Z. Um, it's it's all like video game oriented stuff and a lot of analysis and uh, I I don't even really hundred percent know how to describe his channel. He's hilarious. <laughs> And honestly, like the first video that I watched, it was something like, um, you know, like retro gaming or something like that, talking about retro games that he enjoyed. And, you know, it's an interest. So I started watching it. What I realized is that he puts a lot of time into the editing. He does little gimmicky cutaways where he's he's spent time to like make a background for this specific joke that he's going to throw out there. Uh He's like young and enthusiastic and it's hilarious. Uh, I had to come to terms with him going, yeah, so these old games, these really old games, and he's talking about like Street <laughs> Fighter 2. I'm like, what? That's that's not that it's like old. like a Spider-Man where he says, this really old movie, Aliens? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. So still have to get over the fact that uh, he was born 12 years after I was. Jesus. So, um, <laughs> It's I don't know why I think it's just fun background stuff. Uh, I've I've had it on actually while I've been working because you don't really have to watch it. He's just doing a lot of talking about why these things are good, why these things are bad. A little bit of like unbiased uh, data paired with his own opinion about things, and it's just there's something between the uh, the Netflix documentary. Uh, the big story people that I spiffed a couple weeks ago with the retro game documentary or gaming documentary. And then this one, Mm -hmm. I YouTube clearly knows that I have an interest in things of this. Yeah. So I, uh, I must admit, I very nearly was going to spiff, um, great big story again, just because I've been watching a shitload of their stuff recently and it's really enjoyable. And I'm, I'm not even a hundred percent sure why I feel like this young man is doing things so different uh, than a lot of the stuff that just exists on YouTube where people are doing like an analysis of the Nintendo 64. Uh, it it doesn't really, pr- there's no information really to be gained. It's a thing that existed and now it, it, it exists as like a fun retro console. But I feel like, I don't know, he's got such a passion about it. He did an entire, uh, I think, multi-part video series about his his collecting habit and how he's, like, super aware of it, but also just self-deprecating in it. Of like, <laughs> why does somebody need to own four copies of Sonic the Hedgehog 2? <laughs> and then it just cuts to him being very awkward on camera, and he's like, there's not, there's not a good reason at all. <laughs> but they were on sale. I don't know. He's got a fun attitude about it. I think it's nice. It's been nice just to watch slash listen to something that is not uh, super super serious, but obviously a passion and and like a hobby yeah. that I care about. So it's been really enjoyable. Scott the Waz, silly boy, nice, good shout. Uh, Al, nope. What about you? Try again. Spa. Uh, yeah, Spa. Bizarre. Uh, yeah, I, I was. I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, I am fairly sure this is a respiff, um, but when the crowd uh, say "bo," select uh, rewind. I get, I get that. There he is. Uh, 
I'm just uh, pausing a minute because I want to make sure that I've got the details on this right. So I'm just going to uh, bring up his um, thingy again. I literally just closed the tab. Don't roll your eyes at me. Fuck you. Um, yes. Uh, Marcel, two, two girls? Two girls. Two girls. Uh, who I'm, I'm pretty sure one of us has spiffed him before. I did. Um, yes. There you go. Uh lovely 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 guy um yeah he's all right but uh <laughs> uh i mean i i think i've i've hung out with him at a couple of maker centrals and he's just the the loveliest in fact i've got a, a very old uh, i'm not even going to try and guess the year because i will forget it and get it wrong but i've got one of uh, yeah. a little raw iron nail that he gave yeah. me at the last maker central um which is lives on my desk and is beautiful but um after all that, that i was saying about uh wanting to experiment and and do more stuff some of the stuff that he's been doing recently is amazing and inspiring and beautiful i mean he did a i want to make sure i get this right because it was a window grate uh yes uh a reproduction of historical oh, fucking words <laughs> A reproduction of an historical example of a door window grill, um, which also happens to look kind of like a fire basket, but uh, it was all done with traditional joinery. Looks fucking stunning. I mean, like joinery, traditional joinery in that sense is something that I find fascinating um, and wish that I had time and to experiment with more uh, to experiment with a little bit more um but yeah i mean if you go and uh check out the stuff that he's making like everything he makes is just perfect mm -hmm. and in a really frustrating way um it just makes some incredible stuff is involved with some really really cool projects um he has the world's biggest handsaw uh sorry i'm just scrolling down through his feed and there's that massive ridiculous handsaw thing that he was uh, showing off the other day um and i didn't actually realize that he's got a youtube channel as well which i've just subscribed to because i'm an idiot and wasn't already subscribed um yeah, his his carving knife uh or the knife video that he made a couple years back like he exploded yeah yeah and what well, do you just not heat treat it properly <laughs> there we go uh horrible dick <laughs> um yeah so go and give him a, a like and a follow and a hug just give him a hug not right now because coronavirus and everything but you know maybe next time you see him uh right uh al now it's your turn i would like to spiff someone who i thought we'd already spiffed but obviously not because it didn't ring any bells with the boys um and he is a Active member of the Fills with Tools group, and he first came to my attention when he made a his very own custom face mask. And that custom face mask happened to be Immortal Joe from Mad Max Fury Road. And the amount of effort that went into this mask, and it looked fucking amazing by the end of it, yeah. um, was ridiculous. And it is Vincent Wilson, uh, owner and operator of The Secret Workshop. Um, and on Instagram, that is The Secret Workshop SW, all one word because um, I think there's another secret workshop, but it's basically prop store and customs. So I'm hoping that's his job. I'm hoping he makes props and custom props for for Korea. 
because uh, he's fucking amazing at it. Um, yeah. He's currently working on a face hugger face mask. I don't know if he's finished it yet. I'd love to see if it is. Um, so like a proper face hugger from Alien is, is a face mask, and apparently all the skin between the fingers is what the fabric of the mask is. So yeah. I'm like super stoked to see what that is. Um, but his la- latest bit of work that he put, he actually put in the Fools of Tools group. Um, so fucking cool. Is f- glorious. It looks like the most delicious bacon stretched chicken wing that you've ever seen. But it's like a, <laughs> what does he call it? The, some sort of angel? Dead, Dead fairy. fairy. It's like a, what would you call it's it, Brett? Like what, what well. are those like, um, like freak show kind of, like where they mix skeletons together out of like dead animals and it looks like a a mermaid oh, skeleton. Yeah, yeah. Like the Fiji like. mermaid? Like the Fiji mermaid. It's like that, yeah. but as if it was like a, a fairy or an angel. And it's just yeah. the creepiest yeah. thing. But it's super realistic, even though it's not a real thing. Yeah. Um, And it just looks like kind of decayed skin and bone. And I, I, I'm on the board. Really, the really silly yeah. thing about when I saw that image, <laughs> I... Immediately thought of the old Simpsons episode where they planted the skeleton and did the archaeological. Thing. <laughs> and at the very end of it, it's just like, "Come to Walmart." <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah no. you, you you go through his his feed and he's he's got something for everyone from you know, uh, the Mandalorian props to Mad Max to aliens to kind of bespoke one-off original things like this. It's just glorious. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, and no, I think that's a, a really good shout. I've had a couple of uh, interactions with him, and he's just a, a really super nice guy again. <laughs> um, the only thing I will say is uh, the Instagram hasn't been updated for Correct. three years. Uh, I would say his so, Facebook page is probably the best place to go. Yeah, I was going to say, check out the Facebook page. I will try and remember to Which identify the, the link. The Secret Workshop colon prop store and customs uh see i've got secret workshop dot props and customs well to each his own yeah. steve yeah we agree <laughs> to disagree <laughs> um but yeah no I, I think that's a really good shout um like i say that dead fairy thing just absolutely fucking blew me away that's such a well done piece it's and so it's good. tiny as well like fits in his hand um Right, is there any other business? Yeah, I've got a new section. What is it? It's called Al's Anime Corner. Um, if you are not into anime or have not got access to it, see, I used to buy basically DVDs of anime all the time, things I'd never yeah. This is before streaming and shit like that. So I'd always go to the store every payday and be like, right, what, what, what new animes are out there? And I basically, yeah. in the UK... A lot of them were distributed by a company called Manga, which is counterintuitive, but the actual <laughs> brand was Manga. Yeah. Um, and they always had the good shows and the good films and stuff. Um, but those days are long gone. I don't even think you can buy DVDs anymore. Um, <laughs> but now it's a case of what can you get on streaming and where is the anime and where can you find it? Uh, and basically it comes and goes. And I, I think it just depends on who's distributing it, whether it's like Funimation or Aniplex or who's got the rights yeah. to it. Um, and st- even stuff on Netflix, like I'll be halfway through a show and then suddenly it won't be there anymore, which is really annoying. Yeah. But if you happen to have Prime, you've just got to dig for it. And, and there isn't like, I don't think there's an actual like category in Prime where the anime right. is. But if you search hard enough, there's a fuckload of anime on there. Ah. Um, and also for those in the UK, Channel 4 
and their free app for streaming as well. There's also a fuckload of anime on there, but again, there isn't a category, so you just got to find it. So Kill the Kill is on Channel Four for free. Is it? As is Gurren Lagann. Um, and there's oh, fuck, there's loads Jesus. of stuff on there. Both of those are absolutely. If you're if you're a fan of anime and have never seen them, they are both yes. fantastic. Yeah. Gurren Lagann is classic though right it's 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 old school yeah but kill the kill is only one series it's not some like 800 episode uh eight piece (laughs) or whatever it's called where you've got to sit through where they're still making it now um it's one series like i think 20 episodes and that's it and Um, so delightfully aware of itself it's It's fucking glorious they they made that show um they're (laughs) like half the shit in it is like we're in anime. Remember, yeah. you're watching an anime. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about how silly it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you have Netflix, there's a show on Netflix called One Punch Man. Again, yeah. 10, 12 episodes, which if you've never watched anime before and you think it's all just like weird, silly cartoons and exploding monsters and stuff, just watch this show and give it the time of day it deserves. Because again, to Brett's point, it's just like so self-aware and is the exact opposite of everything that you expect it to be. So <laughs> long story short, watch One Punch Man. It's on Netflix. And if you have any other access to your streaming services, just dig deep, find the fucking shows, give them a chance. Yeah. You might turn something on and it will be an anime about people going to cookery school and you'll hate it or you'll love it. Yeah. Food wars. Um, but just it's out there. And a lot of it's for free, so take advantage of it. Nice, get your one punch is so good. One punch man. <laughs> there's a second, there's a second season, so if you dig enough, you can get there you into go. the second season. It's but yeah, I I must like concur with the fact that Amazon Prime and the All Four app both have really really shit search functionality. Yep. Unless you want to watch something that everyone else in the world is watching at that point in time it's fucking impossible to find anything good to watch um mm-hmm. so yeah there you go that was uh, corner. yeah that's, that's good I, I like that section is that gonna be a weekly section then it won't be weekly it might be monthly okay cool i'm, like I'm happy with that i like it uh in Wait, which case uh okay i got one last other business Go on. i was about to say any other business office? Right. If anybody else has Audible accounts, you can pre-order Ready Player Two, which I did. Ooh. Yep. So did I. Okay. So it's now. I don't know when that happened, but I was checking out some <laughs> new books and stuff, and it was just like, oh fuck! All right, I'm getting it right when it comes out. Yep. So uh, did, did did it say who's actually reading it? I'm really hoping it's Will Wheaton again. Uh. It oh is Will God. Wheaton. Yeah, it's Will Wheaton. Sweet. Okay. Good. Oof, thank God. Yeah. I didn't pay attention to that. I just did it. Yeah. Because. Okay. There's nothing more. Twenty fourth of November. Ooh, yes, nice. which is right, right near my birthday. So I'll get uh, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity, and then Ready Player <laughs> Two. I feel like I'm going to be a spoiled thirty five year old man. It's gonna be cool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, right. Uh, I have I have I have two bits of AB. Uh, the first one is um, uh, a little while ago. I I I say a little while ago. Early last year, I think uh, I did a couple of. So, um, so 2020 for me is like the years between like 2000 and 2010. They just yeah. you just, you just skip over them. So yeah. like, yeah, June was actually June 2019. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah like uh, whatever it was uh i uh did a couple of um like weekend challenges in the force of tools facebook group um where it was just a case of like on a friday afternoon i just put in like right uh this weekend your challenge is to make a couple of dice oh god um, i remember them they were ages ago yeah they were great like, bring them back steve yeah like and any material any of this like just a very very loose thing um oh, the and, dice one was great yeah it was really good fun d20 and um yeah so i i i as we were starting this podcast uh i put one into the group and instead of being a, a weekend one it's going to be a week-long one so that when this comes out on a yeah, wednesday <laughs> um you guys still like if, you, if you're not in the group you still have a chance to participate um so the challenge this week is going to be and it's not going to be every week because i'm not that organized uh but this week's one is going to be chopsticks make a set of chopsticks from any material you have uh and access to or whatever you want to do but just make a set of functional chopsticks because i want to make a set of chopsticks and i, I want some ideas yeah, um, i like this i like this idea i might bring this i back, might steve i might put together some kind of like hashtag thing with it so when people post we can find them all but that'll be on the instagram when i put the thumbnail up because i haven't thought of it yet um so yeah go uh, go, go make some chopsticks because who doesn't like chopsticks i also um, think i think keeping these to a very manageable like chopsticks are something oh, yeah, that yeah. you could obviously go like way overboard and embellish on yeah but they are also such a manageable project where yeah. i mean terrier could carve them in five minutes of it yeah so I, I, i'm, I'm pretty sure that he could like just knock a couple strips of wood with an axe out in like 30 seconds let alone five minutes like it's well but... he's also a giant so he could just take <laughs> well, yeah. sticks off of a tree <laughs> um but yeah and at the same time like you say it it's it's got enough scope that you can be really over the top or really simple but it's just a I'm going to try and keep them to nice, simple things that anyone should be able to do, even if it's just in half an hour sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, Dig it. So, yeah, go make some chopsticks. Uh, the other thing is um, this week, uh, so when this comes out on Wednesday, uh, on th Friday will be the Full Blast podcast, um, the new episode, and that will have a very special guest. Uh I'll have Mr. Brett McCarthy. Um, so yeah, if you haven't listened to Jeff's podcast before, go check it out. Um, don't listen to your uh, episode yeah. is great. Chris's episode is is hilarious. shit. It's fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck wants to hear from Chris? Fucking Chris Cash. All all I fucking hear is Chris fucking Cash. What a dick. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck was it? I called him the other day. Uh, like David Dollar or something, David Dollar. <laughs> Dean Dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so go check out Full Blast because it's fucking brilliant. Jeff does some really, really good interviews. I'm looking forward to your one. Um, some of the past ones has been... <laughs> has been that's fucking brilliant. Uh, some of the past ones have been fucking fantastic as well. So... Yeah, go back and listen to all of those because, and go go leave Jeff five stars on five stars. <laughs> yeah on iTunes and iTunes whatever else. Because uh, yeah, uh, right, that's it. Um, 
If you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Mintrend Metalworks or on YouTube at The Forge UK. Uh, you can, which uh, hopefully we'll be doing some more videos very soon, which I'm glad about. Uh, if you find Brett, you can find him at Skill and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Al's Hack Shack! So actually get in again because it's empty now! Yay! Uh, have you still got the extra bit above the door? Yep. Cool. I think I might keep it. Like you should put, some pl- put like a turn it into an orangery. Ooh, yeah. Um, oh, oh you can turn it into an airlock. Ooh, yeah. I need some. I need some doors then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to find us as a group, FWT Podcast or Forza Tools, we're most places as one of those. Um, Instagram. Go to the Instagram account and put all that fucking effort in, so Steve can upload ten thumbnails onto one post. And people have got to fucking flick through them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Go there. Go do go there because it's they are some fucking great thumbnails. Nobody goes to the website. No, uh, no but you should go and scroll through all of the wonderful artwork we've had a yes. hundred and some episodes, and <laughs> I would say at least seventy five percent of the thumbnails are certified bangers, as Mike <laughs> Montgomery says. Uh, Hang on, I just need to double check this because this one, this is one forty-eight. So we've got two more before it's one fifty. Oh my! Um, God. Yeah, it's fucking, we've been doing this way too long. I right, I don't even like you guys. <laughs> right, uh, right, yeah. So go, 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 do the things, and we will see you next week. And we love you. Bye. I'm gonna go watch Scott the Waz.